Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Back into the Great Scott Show, 103.3 The Goat Simulcast on 1420. A high school football thriller last night, by the way. Hurlings and LCA lived up to the hype. Holy cow, the Rebels won it 21-17. Snatched victories from the jaws of defeat, as uh, Brandon Como put it. But a go-ahead touchdown with less than a minute to go in the fourth quarter. Preston Welch to Bradford Kane, a sold-out crowd at night field. It was... uh, it was electric. Brad Topham, our guest now, who's coming on to talk a little baseball and a little LSU versus Florida. But uh, a guy that was a head coach in high school football for a long time. Brad, when when you when you when you see or hear about games like that, does it make you miss it a little bit? Yeah, it absolutely does. And let me tell you something. I have nothing but respect for Turlings, and I always credit Jim Hightower with this. It's a smart. I wish I could have worked with under Jim when I first started coaching in the first days because he said something that was the most amazing thing. You know, coaches always coach speak, respect your opponent, blah, blah, blah. He said, you need to respect Turlings because if they weren't good, this game wouldn't matter as much to you and it wouldn't be as fun. And I've always carried that with me ever since. Dude, we had games with Turlings that were incredible. Baseball, football, I mean, they were incredible, but yeah, you miss it, man. You miss the, the you miss the thing you can't get in other you know other ways. That that juice. I guess that's why athletes go on Dancing with the Stars. You know, try to compete. I mean, yeah, yeah. Athletes tell you they miss the locker room, and they just like you said, they miss the juice that. Yeah, you, uh, you can't get that. You, you can't that you get can't that replicate. Drilling. Yeah, right. That that no, you can't it. get that. That's what uh, sets it apart. No, it was a great game, and, uh, you know, there were a number of games in the area last night. One other close one, Westminster beat North Central 35-32. They came back from down like 32-13. Uh, and then a number but of other, per- you know. That's personal, too, now. Yeah. You know, because oh, yeah. where they're located, that's personal. Karen Crow, uh, you know, they beat Como by a good bit. Erath beat Kaplan, and Westgate beat North Vermillion, and OC beat Catholic Point Capee. But you got a slew a lot of games tonight, and as we always do, uh, we update the scores as they unfold. So be following the story I have up for you over at 1033thegoat.com as well as the 1033thegoat app. Tomorrow on our airwaves, we will be airing uh, a whole lot of Major League Baseball. Uh, we're going to be airing three games for you tomorrow on our airwaves, and uh, you got four games now. Um, three today, though. Cleveland, New York got postponed last night. Atlanta, Philly, L.A., San Diego. Before I get your thoughts on those series, Brad, I mean, the, I, I, I would love to know what it feels like to be an Astros fan right now. Could you, could you, oh God. like, like they must be riding so high. And Seattle, who finally in the postseason for the first time in 21 years, is out to a good lead. They're playing great in game one. I mean, there's just this one cat, Alvarez, that, you know, you're done. Who's your daddy? I love that, you know, all the fans love talking about it. This left-handed batter is 
there's never been a player that hit a go-ahead home run in the 16th or later in back-to-back postseason games in the history of Major League Baseball until now, and uh, and this guy's done it. No, I'm sorry, in two you know two postseason games in the same season, maybe, or or maybe it's just yeah. back, whatever it is. And this guy's done it. No, no, it's, it's, this guy's done it twice. Yeah, it's it's back to back, and the other one was this is what shocked me. The only time someone's ever hit a walk off in postseason when they've been down by more than one run was Kurt Gibson. That's it. So the three run walk off he hit. Was only the second two nights ago. Was only the second time it's ever happened. Oh that shocked me. I didn't know that. It's just you know, it, it doesn't happen. Like you, it's the thing that you you, no. you know when you're a kid and you're just you know batting in the front yard to yourself and you're you're acting like the announcer and you're calling out the pitch count. Like it doesn't happen. It's the stuff that just you know you dream about. And this cat does it and and crushes Seattle's heart. And then yesterday they're up two one, and then he crushes another one that hadn't landed yet. It's like why do you pitch to this guy? No, I agree. And you know, I felt there, there's something he's got. You can see in his eyes and his body. Every good athlete's been locked in before, like you feel invincible. But it's very rare that you literally are. And right now, every swing he takes, it, it's like he's Tony Gwynn trying to just get a single. There is, it, it, if any ball is not a rocket. It's like you won the lottery. It's what it looks like. He's he's got that confidence. He's feeling it. He's locked in. And look, what was it uh Beltron? Carlos Beltron won you. That's how he burst onto the scene. He dropped like seven bombs in one postseason, and he was he carried the Astros. He was just like that, just like that. I mean, he is just. And then he struck just, out with the Mets in a game yeah. seven against the Cardinals because, of course, he did in a big. Okay, that was a that, that was the, a different postseason. Yeah, that, I, no, I know, I know no. it was, but you know, I mean, you know, geez, geez. Okay, that's kind of what I'm going at. This, this, he hasn't hit like this all year. He hasn't hit like this his whole career. Right now, this cat's in a groove. And look, the sick part is. You could have the series end, the next series start the same day, and there's a better chance that he won't than he will, that he won't be locked in next series like this. It's just you get baseball that feeling. No, it is. Yeah. And, and I, I, I make jokes about the team I root for, but, you know, Daniel Murphy had the, the – the, just the, oh, God. In 2015 when the Mets went to the World Series, they lost to the Royals, but he was – that postseason, he went on this run where it was like – I mean, Cubs fans couldn't believe it. They're like, who is this guy? Like, what is happening right now? He ended up getting a, a pretty fat contract from Washington as a result of it. But he was just in the zone. Like, in the zone almost doesn't do it justice because a player, a batter can get in the zone. Yeah. But it's almost like no, you mentioned be, Beltran yeah, no, and Murphy and that. Alvarez. It's like a whole nother level. And as a result, I mean, without him, who knows? The Astros might be on the brink. Instead, they're like, look, let's get one more tomorrow uh, in Seattle, and then let's just get ready to, to play the Yankees because no one's given Cleveland much of a shot. Do they have a chance today? Do they have a chance in this series, the Guardians? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you the best thing that could happen to the Guardians is the rain out. They struggle for offense. So they got to try and win 3-2-2-1, get a, get a big hit late. Right now, the depth of their bullpen and starting rotation – is a lot better than the in the Yankees. The problem is, the Yankees just need to win two more games, and they don't have to pitch everybody every game. They're now going to play back to back to back to back. If the Guardians can force Game Four, they can put the Yankees in a bind. Like ideal for them is you need to win four to two. 
where the Yankees are burning through their best relievers because, you know, I don't know, I know he's not their best, but Chapman's still an arm and Chapman's not there. The Indians have a shot now. This actually helped them if they can get into the pen and get one win to force game four. Late in game four, you could see them, you know, capitalize on, on the biggest weakness of the Yankees, which is their bullpen. But I don't, I'm not buying it, but I'm telling you, there's, if you're looking for an upset, that would be the upset. You're having trouble with the Guardians thing, too, huh? It's just, it's yeah. hard. It's, 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 it takes yeah. a little while to get used to. I don't know. Um, uh, who, who are the Braves going to throw today? Charlie Morton. So, uh, Morton, Nola, this is, uh, this is one of those games today. I know a lot of people are fixated on the Dodgers and the Padres because of the bad blood. I'm like, look, there is no love lost between the Braves no. and the Phillies. The Phillies got hot at the right time. The Braves won the NL East. I know. Um, what, what, do you, what do you anticipate today, and who's winning this series, Brad? I was look. I would rather play. I would rather, and this is a knockout. I would rather play the Mets, the Padres, or the Cardinals than play this team, because in a five-game series, even though you only see them twice, you only gonna see them once. You have that advantage. Nolan Wheeler studs. Look, you know, as a Mets fan, you saw Wheeler up and down. Oh, I yeah. get why the Mets didn't give him a contract. Yeah. I get it. He, he didn't prove it. Phillies were desperate, and then he has just stayed healthy. Wheeler is a ace. I'm happy for Nola. I coached against him in high school. Obviously, went to LSU. I know his family. You know, he's a stud. And Nola can go out there tonight and give you seven innings of two-hit ball. Um, I did see this. How about this one? Wheeler's the first guy in MLB history to go back-to-back six innings. Oh, I'm sorry. It was one of them went like six innings, no runs or something. It was ridiculous. I'm scared. And I'll tell you what. Bryce Harper is like Alvarez. Yeah. He is locked in. Yeah. And you got one swing Chuck over there hitting 215, but 49 home runs. You know, Schwarber on a given day, Schwarber can launch. And by Scott, I'm going to tell you this. How messed up is this? You know, the Phillies finished their regular season with three straight three game trips on the road. Then they went to the wild card. Then they went to Atlanta. It's been good for him. Up on him. I mean, yeah. I, and somehow it's worked out for him, though. And see, here's the part that you can't quantify, and it's not trying to overthink it because I worried about it going in. You know, rest versus rust, that whole thing. But they went on the road. They didn't clinch till the last weekend. They were still fighting. That means they stay in playoff mode. And sometimes it's hard to turn it on, turn it off, and then you're getting shut out, and you have the single largest comeback in MLB history, dropping six in the ninth. Then then Nola shoves it the next day. I mean – Look, I'm scared of the series. Um, it hurts not having Spencer Strider. We'll know more today if he can go tomorrow. He's got an oblique thing. So hopefully he can go. If you can get Strider, I like it. But, yeah, dude, the, um, there's a better chance to me of the Phillies winning the series than there is of the Padres finishing the Dodgers. It, it, uh, I, I, really I think the, the, the Russ versus rest thing is real. But I do think as far as the Braves go – the run to win the division had them in, even though you had the playoff spot yeah. clinched early, I do think it kind of had them in a different mode than, you know, New York and Houston who have just been kind of, you know, at least prior to the postseason, they've just been kind of hanging out for a while and everyone expects them to face off in the, uh, in the championship series. Obviously the Dodgers as well, right? They've just been kind of chilling for a while, but now they got a feisty San Diego team um, that is, 
you know, uh, uh, there's some there's some animosity. I think that's great, especially in the postseason. San Diego, L.A., Padres, Dodgers, even only a best of five. You know, shenanigans can happen. I mean, what what are the Dodgers still the safe bet here, Brad? How what kind of chances do you give the Padres? Well, here's my thing. I think only a fool doesn't give the, the odds in the favor of the team that won 114 or whatever they ridiculously won. But I will say this. You know the old thing where uh, Little Brother and all that crap and, you know, how's it a rivalry if one team never wins? I, I don't think – when the Dodgers play the Braves, there's probably going to be a chip on their shoulder. If they get to, if they play each other in NLCS, it'll be the third year in a row. There'll be some not, – not animosity. There'll be a chip. You know what I mean? There's, there's something there. Um but right now, do you really think the Dodgers are any more motivated to play the Padres than, you know what I mean? Whereas, you think the Padres are motivated against the Dodgers? And to me... It's more personal for San Diego. It feels more personal yeah, for them. Yeah, so I think emotion can ride you. Um, well, how, I mean, how bad do the, does it do the decision? Insert a 40 home run, 40 stolen base bat into the lineup. Yeah. And what happens? But I mean, that's you know, that's ifs and buts. Um, no, I still I'm going to bet on the Dodgers. But, but again, remember something. You know, they'll have Julio Urias come back around. But and I hate this conversation. You know, have you heard this that about Kershaw? He's the only pitcher since 1920 to have this like over like a two like over 150 wins and an ERA below three. Period. I'm talking about Greg Maddox, all of them. His career ERA is well below three. And What yet, is it in the postseason? <laughs> he actually has the worst worst track record in history for a starting pitcher. Now, granted, he has more starts, but his track record, he has more starts, uh, like bad starts. I'm talking about like four runs or more in less than five innings. Kind of thing. It's too it, big it's a sample. Awful. It's too big a sample size to ignore. I know Jay Walker has right. tried to ignore it for years, but I mean, come on. Like, this is this is this is, is a lot of evidence here. It is, and look, you know, the Braves. Unfortunately for the Braves, Max Fried had faced the Pop Phillips a couple times. He literally came out of the game against the Mets. You saw throwing up in the dugout. Turns out he had the flu. He was catching the front end of the flu. So, I, pregame, I heard of the announcer he probably got it from the Mets. Sorry. <laughs> no, like he said pregame, the guy's like, I'm, I'm concerned. How long? You don't know how long the flu knocked his strength down. I'm wondering if he'll be sharp. And he was in the Phillies, and the Phillies to that credit beat him up. Kershaw, it makes you wonder, he's been on the IL a couple times. Does that make his arm fresh? Because to me, what happens with Kershaw is he wears down and you get to see him a lot. So what Kersh- if Kershaw shows up fresh, you know, you, you might get it. But I just, dude, I have, like, the Guardians and the Indians. I mean, Guardians and Yankees, excuse me, tell me the score. I, I really don't care. Um, the Astros are going to sweep Seattle. Good for them. They made it back to the playoffs. It's a step. Like, not knocking the Mets. I think it's a step. The Mets played good. They won almost 100. But, they, they you know, now next year they'll come back pissed off. Yeah. It's a step. I know it's not helping you, but, it's a, hey, it's better than the other way, saying why didn't we even make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. But, the Phillies Dodgers, the Phillies, I'm sorry, the Phillies Braves, that's a little more personal. The Phillies, I didn't realize the Phillies hadn't made the playoffs in like 15 years. So there's that. Has it been that long since it's, it was it's when they won the World ever. Series on like in like a, a weekday morning because of weird rainouts and stuff over the race? Right, it's been back that. when they had um, Roy Oswald. And, um, that was, I think that, guys, that was yeah. in 08 maybe or 07. Golly. 
It's been a long time. Yeah, it's time been a while, flies. and that's or it might have been since twelve. It's been like it's been at least ten years, and that was kind of the big thing there. So I, I feel like the teams that have a chance, a good chance, are the Phillies. I feel actually, I feel better about the Phillies' chances than the Padres, just because um, I'm not sure. And, and look, Charlie Morton, he's incredible. He's got all the experience in the world, but Charlie gives up the long ball. And twenty eleven. Four guys. In Sorry, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Okay, there you go. And look, with Schwarber got forty eight. Harper, dude, Harper's dragging. They tell you how good they are. I don't know if you have the chance to watch it, but in the first opening game, and Harper's second at bat, he's buttoned for a hit after a leadoff double to move the runner over to third base with one out. I mean, they're playing baseball. It, there's, I think the Braves had a three-run home run in the bottom of the last inning, but other than that, a solo home run this last game, and the Phillies to the Braves, it was all singles. It was singles and bloop doubles and running the bases. It's actually been baseball. So it's been fun to watch. Uh, it, it's just it's stressful for me. Um, but it's a good look. You got a good series on the West Coast, East Coast and the West Coast time zone. So if you're in the playoff baseball, you can go see two really good ones. The Astros are going to probably sweep. And then the Yankees, like I said, it's, there's, there's hope, but not that much of it for the uh, Guardians, if I can say it properly. There you go. It sounds weird. It sounds weird. Uh, it does for me. The, the commander's thing sounds a little weird, but I guess, you know, Washington is just always in the news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and, yes, sure. I know they won a, a Thursday night football thriller last night with 12 points. Um, but you just hear commanders a lot more. I don't know. I just, I don't. The, the, the sports, yeah, Carson Wentz, that's right, dude, threw for 99 yards, and the only touchdown they scored, the punter, the punt returner muffed a punt on the four. Yeah. And they yeah. scored. And the, and, 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 the, and the best feel-good story of the night was that a guy that got shot last month scored the touchdown. Yes. And, and, then, and, they, the and then the other game still came down to like inches if the Bears guy just caught it. Uh, did I watch any of it? No, not really. I'm not going to lie to you. I, mean, I have money on it, know. so. There you go. There you go. I'm, 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 a, I'm a degenerate gambler. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully next Thursday quick. it's a, a better game uh, and the Saints-Cardinals don't go into the Thursday night football lexicon of uh, just, quote, terrible football, end quote. Uh, Brad Topham, our guest. All right, let's shift gears. Let's talk football for a minute. I know we talked briefly about high school football, but, um, you know, UL, we, we, I talked mainly about that game yesterday, the uh, win over Marshall. Looking at this weekend, you got LSU and Florida. Neither team is ranked. Um, you know, at one point, Florida was was up high in the rankings, maybe even top 10 after beating Utah. And, you know, they lost some games. Are you surprised that Florida is is only minus two and a half at home in this game? I don't know what the heck people are thinking because, I, I, again, I'm an LSU fan, and I've won money last week. Because who put Tennessee as a three-point favorite? I don't care about punts and special teams. Tennessee is that much better than LSU. So am I surprised? Yeah and no, only because of what they did with LSU. I think they're overvaluing LSU. Because I love, again, I'm an LSU fan. There's no question about it. But at the same time, they're just, they're being overvalued, Scott. Um, and, and, you know, what, what, to think about Napier's, and, you know, we learned it. They'll just keep winning by three points or one scores, and that's just what they do. Billy Napier's teams don't blow people out, but they also don't blow leads. I, yeah, I am shocked. Um, LSU's offensive lines riddled, rattled again, you know. Um, I will say this, though. The future's coming for LSU. 
people need to get on board, not not jerk LSU fans that are ridiculous, but the kid at left tackle Campbell, the kid at right tackle Jones, those are going to be NFL football players. When was the last time you saw two freshmen, every true freshman playing? The tight end Mason Taylor is really good, you know? Jason and I'm Taylor's telling you, kid, Walker. Yeah. yeah, and Walker Howard will be the starting quarterback next year. You think so? Uh, yeah, and here's why. A, if you listen to Keyshawn Johnson ever talk, and he, he's really good when he talks football, he talks about handoffs from the quarterback, the slants, you know? That's what Breeze did for his nephew. He said, you put the ball in a spot where I could catch it, keep my head up, and keep in motion. How many times is this cat going to throw the ball behind people? I mean, he's not an accurate passer. But let me say this. He needs to be the starting quarterback. That offensive line isn't ready. Right, right. He's running for his life. Yeah. I, I'm glad he's the starting quarterback. But Walker Howard is an immensely talented passer. And if people that are wondering why he's not, I think his dad won a red shirt, I think. You know, he's young. Let him grow. Let him get in. Let him learn the system. And let Kelly, LSU let uh, recruit some more offensive linemen. <laughs> I was trying not to say that. Yeah. Let Kelly do his thing, man. And I really believe that's what it is. And then and he, he got there in the spring, like, for the spring, had a little injury. That kept him sidelined. But he'll, he spent the whole year learning. Now next year, he'll be a redshirt freshman. He'll be in his second spring. And I've heard guys talk. I think it was Dellinger's talking about him, and they were at the Manning Passing Academy, and they said they were watching him, and they were in shock watching him throw the football, saying, this is the most accurate kid at this camp going into his senior year, just watching him. He said it was unbelievable. And Jaden Daniels was there. Nussmeyer was there. And they were all just working out, and he was by far the most accurate guy. So in my heart, I believe he takes it next year because they do. And, and Scott, let me ask you this. Did you watch the LSU-Tennessee game? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, this bugs me. I can't remember. I could be wrong. They don't throw the ball deep. It's been all week talking about, i got to give my receivers a chance. Whatever happened to the catch it and chunk it deep, the three-step drop? I mean, if you're getting your butt kicked where you can't run the ball, that means guys are up in the box. Why don't you let your six three, six four athletes go make a play? My favorite thing about watching UL this year under Desimo is – there's no point in having six foot five receivers if you don't let them be six foot five. You know what I mean? And Wednesday with Woolridge, he let six five be six five, six three be six three. LSU doesn't do that. They might as well have a bunch of five foot eight wide receivers because everything's based on route discipline. None of it's based on athleticism. You know, route discipline for a quarterback that isn't as accurate and is consistently having to run and get out of the pocket because he's under duress. Exactly. Yeah. It just it doesn't it doesn't match. And that's why to me it's like. Three-step, catch it, you're in the gun. Catch it, three-step, shuffle, let it rip. Give me some verticals. And LSU doesn't do anything to threaten the vertical passing game. The kid's got a strong arm. It's just not an accurate arm on the underneath stuff. You know, it's kind of like Taysom Hill. He's a lot like Taysom Hill to me, if that's a good comparison. Cannon for an arm can make some unbelievable plays, make people look stupid, but that cannon doesn't have much touch. Yeah, and he also can't side. play tight end and H-back and kick returner well, sure. you know, in any, you any just, position you on the people. field. Uh, shout yeah. out Taysom Hill. Um, you see, I, I've been saying this, regardless of what did or didn't happen in terms of these two hires, Billy Napier at Florida, Brian Kelly at LSU, they, and they're, they're about to get their first taste of this wild series, and there's plenty of history in it. Um, they're always going to be compared to one another as long as they're at these schools, no matter what. 
There are many LSU fans that feel like LSU should have made a much harder push to get Napier, but didn't because they didn't want to take someone from UL. Um, Florida had no problem. You know, the AD Strickland, you know, he flew to Lafayette on his on his private plane. He went to Billy's house. He talked to him, and then he offered him the job. He called his agent, you know, shortly thereafter. It didn't take long for him to say, this is the guy we want. You know, Brian Kelly ended up getting a huge deal. He had tremendous success everywhere he's been. Uh, but he was kind of, like, not really discussed much at all. LSU fans and, and writers were talking about a number of different guys, and then suddenly it was like, oh, wait, wait, Brian Kelly? Really? Okay, yeah. And then, you you know, you talk yourself into it. And he, I think if Brian Kelly's a good coach. He's a little rough around the edges, no doubt. Give him some time and then, you know, make a judgment a few years from now. But again, I'm, I'm getting off track. My point is, it it adds another storyline to this series. And as long as these two guys are at those two schools, every year when they play, you're going to have, you know, some in the media, some in the fan base, chalk it up to two wins, right? We won the game, and, oh, a reminder, we won in terms of the, the, the right hire. And that's, that is... <laughs> You know, it's not that simple, but you and I both know that's how fans are going to make it, and that's how many in the media are going to make it, right? They're, they're going. I think that Dan Mullen um, put it this way. I think I think Billy got there and had maybe a little more in the cupboard than than Kelly did. Not to say the cupboard was bare. There's talent there, but but not as maybe not as much as Florida. I, I think. I'm with you, man. I, I saw two and a half after LSU's performance against Tennessee, and it's on the road. And I know Florida's had their issues, but I was thinking that's kind of a, you know, if it's Florida minus two and a half and it's at Tiger Stadium, I might have been like, I would have thought it had been a point or two more. But the fact that it's at the Swamp, yeah, I, I, I don't, I just don't see it, man. I, I don't, I don't, I, we'll see. Maybe LSU just has this great game, but. I, I was talking to a neighbor of mine who's an LSU grad and loves the Tigers and follows them all the time. I'm like, I feel like LSU is a talented team that plays bad football. Is that an oversimplification right now? Um, I think they're talented. They're, they're a frog. You know, sometimes they're a prince. Sometimes they just got warts. And it just depends if they get exposed. Um, look at – because this is, this is what your problem is. And this is the only thing I can think about with the odds makers. Explain Mississippi State. Mississippi State's putting up 40, kicking the crap out of people right now. And they're last, and, but, but LSU handled them. You they know had, what I mean? They handled, they handled them in like the last 20 minutes, right? They had that great right. fourth quarter. They finished, they kept it close and they finished them off. But, you know, as far as the Napier thing here, and it's, this is the only thing I'm ever scared of. And I saw Kelly on, it was like the headline on Bleacher Report was Kelly on Napier. And I'm like, oh my God, please God, don't. And his, it, the, the headline was, He's at Florida because he's earned it. Oh, he's at this level because he's earned it. So I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Don't start that. I can live. Look, the LSU fans will always, and I don't blame them. But you don't compare fair, failure or not to me in the situation with Kelly and um, Napier unless one of them doesn't get through four years. If one of them doesn't get through four years, then you can talk noise to me. You know what I mean? That means you're a failure. Otherwise, yeah, honestly, I think Florida was more in shambles. LSU was in shambles, too. I shouldn't say that. But Florida was, I don't know, man. You ever seen somebody more happy to be fired? I feel like Dan Mullen was just thrilled to death he got fired. Like, he wanted out. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. 
He's he's Which he's kind, he's just kind of weird. I have trouble reading that guy. He's just kind of weird. I don't know. And I'm watching him on TV. He looks like a guy that is thrilled to death. He don't have to deal with college football, you know, coaching anymore. And I'm just like, and man, look, I was praying he got an NFL job as a quarterback coach and followed Dak or something because I thought he was doing such a good job at Mississippi State that I'm like, man, I want this dude out the SEC. I don't want to deal with this guy. He's a good coach. And he is just like he wanted to get out. And Billy, you know, and I'm glad I understand who Billy is, but Dude, tell me this thing. Well, I don't know how much you follow them, but have you seen what Montreal Johnson is doing over there? Yeah. He's having about seven yards a carry. Yeah. But he, but he only gets about ten, nine carries a game. <laughs> it's not like he's getting the ball a ton. Like they haven't turned Montreal loose. And, again, maybe he's getting those yards because of where Billy's picking and choosing. But, you know, Montreal's doing well over there. I'm happy for him. And, look, I'm not putting money on it, but if I had to, no, I'd put money on Florida by probably set, by not much. Like Billy just doesn't blow people out. But to say that I have confidence LSU has a chance, no. I really don't feel like LSU has a chance in this game. If, I just, if Florida's running the ball, you mentioned Johnson. Him, you know, Trevor, Etienne, a lot of Louisiana flavor there, right? I mean, those guys, yep. 46, 45 carries each, averaging, I think Montreal's averaging eight yards a carry, Etienne 6.8, and you yeah. got a quarterback in Richardson that's averaging over six yards a carry. I mean, they've got Daquan yeah. Wright. I mean, it's, it, it's, I'm not surprised at what Billy's doing because he's got three running backs that yeah. all are productive, <laughs> and he's using all three of them. Now, you get past Johnson, Etienne, and, and Wright, and now you, I mean, I don't, Maybe they have a running back that has two or three carries. If so, I don't know who they are. But he's he's just using the same formula he used uh, at UL as far as, you know, let's let's mix and match with these runners. Let's keep them fresh. They're all really talented. And you've got a quarterback that is running the ball way more than Levi Lewis did when he was at UL. So, you know, it's let's run the ball. Let's try not to beat ourselves. And, um, you know, if, if we do that. And LSU, to be fair, is a team this year that's beaten themselves. So I, I imagine the game I, – I, I know – what the game plan is for Florida on Saturday night. I know how they're going to try to win the football game because I've seen it oh, many times. Yeah, and look, and it's, it's, uh, that funny thing is, is once you have proof of concept, you just have to have faith. The funny thing about Napier is I don't think Napier is ever going to be an exciting coach. In fact, the only thing that ever worries me about Napier is stupid fans. Like, oh, we should be beating these guys by 40. You know, we're Florida. And they screw up and lose them. Napier is just going to... Hey, keep your head down. Don't apologize keep for winning. Head, uh, win keep your three. head down. Don't say anything uh, that'll draw headlines and win and and be a good When dude. was the last time you heard that? A Florida school with no headlines ever. When was the last time the Gators well, just nothing? You got nothing uh, yeah. going. You know? You know? So, if, if, they're, no. if they're winning, who cares? And now I know they're four and two. I know it's, it's year one. I'm just saying if you keep winning games, then – you know, make your own headlines. That's what they'll do. They'll do it on a message board. They'll come sure. up with a nickname. I mean, that's what SEC fans do. So, oh yeah, look. Unless you're in Nebraska, you don't fire winning coaches. You know, um, if, if you're if you're a new head coach, it's because something's going wrong wrong with the old one. And that's just kind of how I've always felt about those jobs. And now LSU, Florida. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I'm, but I just. I don't know. I don't expect anybody to be right when they say you should have. I don't think Kelly's going to flop. I don't think Billy's going to flop. I think Billy would have been the perfect hire to win long term. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to argue with a success. Maybe not the human being. I know what your issues are with Kelly without relitigating them. But 
it's going to be a good game. And I, th- I see what Kelly's doing. At least I can tell you that. Like with Ogeron, his first year, he was just coaching the talent he had kind of thing. I actually, it looks like I see the direction. I mean, you're playing two freshman tackles. That tells me right there where you're going. And Kelly has a uh, history of producing NFL tackles. So, to me, I'm trusting that we get the offensive line right. And next year, I think they're going to see a much better football team. Brad Topham has been our guest talking baseball, talking LSU Florida. Appreciate it, my friend. All the best, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. Yeah, you got plenty to talk about on Monday, brother. So enjoy your weekend. I'll do, I'll do my best. It'll be a busy one. You too. <laughs> All right, baby. Take care. Take care. That's Brad Topham.